0: Bible. If you do uh, and want to see it in your lap, then uh, Ephesians is where we'll be. Uh, But as we begin, uh, let's pray together, and I'm going to read a verse from uh, Isaiah, which Oliver read as well. Who can fathom the Spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Our Father, we admit, acknowledge, confess before you that we couldn't do that as much as uh, we might like to daydream that we would do a better job of uh, running various things, uh, as much as uh, though we tremble to admit it, there are times where we think you seem to be making a mess of the universe. None of us uh, in our right minds think that we could advise you, counsel you, instruct you. Quite the opposite, Father. We ask that as we uh, consider your words, as you speak to us, Please would you teach us. Please do you give us wisdom. Please do you give us insight. Please would you show us Christ in these words of the Bible. Amen. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good for that is his nature. Wow. uh, As Tim said, uh, he and I uh, learned those words at Bible college, and uh, I've never been in a room which, uh, like this, is majority white, where that wow quite lands. We don't quite know what to do with it. Uh, I did have the privilege of a couple of weeks in Uganda at the the Bible college that we were linked with, and uh, it worked uh, in that room. Uh, But I asked Tim uh, to start our service with those words, because Ephesians 1 is written to put some oomph in that wow for us. It is written to remind us that God is good. Because we know that God is good all the time. But I don't remember that all the time. I suspect you don't either. Ephesians 1 is here to tell us, to persuade us, to convince us, to remind us. God is good. All the time. we said in previous weeks, uh, what Oliver read really is one long sentence. And uh, praise be writes, Paul, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What do we have when we have Jesus? Every spiritual blessing in him. And so as Paul goes on through the chapter, he tells us blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing that we have in Christ. We had some of them last week. We'll hear some of them next week, uh, tonight. Two more uh, blessings that we have in Christ. Reasons to praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the first is that in Jesus, we have forgiveness. We have forgiveness in Jesus. Let me read again Ephesians 1, verses 7 and 8. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Uh, I'm no painter decorator expert. That's about to become very clear. But in my mind, uh, if you had a, a dirty, grubby wall, you've been living in a flat or a house for quite a while, and sort of scuffs or stains or spills or you know furniture's dragged against it, and you've got this sort of wall that could do with a touch-up, uh, in my mind, there are two sort of approaches that you could take to that. Uh, one is you could go uh, to the shops and buy the smallest tin of paint you can possibly find in the right colour and a you know, tiny, like a toothbrush or something, and you know, very stingily, let's be honest, just sort of touch up. The, where, where are the worst stains? Let's just kind of cover the worst stain. Uh, just sort of, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. And, uh, you know, you step back, and that, that might do a bit of the job, I guess. But the other approach is uh, you go to the shops, and you get the largest bucket of paint you can find, and you put on some goggles, and you, whoosh, throw it at uh, the wall. Now, I'm no expert. Uh, I do not take responsibility for results that you may find in your own home. That might create some other issues. But God is the second kind of painter-decorator when it comes to forgiveness. Uh, We have forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. God's forgiveness is not stingy. It's not a tiny pot and a paintbrush. It's lavished one way of thinking of sin and forgiveness of sins is that we are like at dirty walls, stained, scuffed, messed up, ruined through our lives by countless bad actions, countless wrong motivations. And when God comes to us in Jesus with forgiveness, he doesn't think, I'll tidy up a little bit. I'll make it just sort of acceptable. He lavishes forgiveness on us. We have forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So that when God is done forgiving a Christian, there is nothing left. The common and garden sins of yesterday, the things that didn't even register in your mind because they're just so built in. The tendencies in ourselves that have just become more pronounced during lockdown, and we feel justified because it's the government's fault, but it comes out of us. The things that every week when it comes to praying a prayer of confession like we did tonight, the things that come into your mind again, am I having to confess this again? Have I done this again? The things from when we were 14 that we still remember every now and then, the thing that no one in this room knows and you can't imagine how the conversation would start if they did. All of it. Lavished with forgiveness. Covered over so that we are clean and pure. But not with paint, of course. In Him we have redemption through His blood. It's not a paint that God throws over us, it is Jesus' blood. One drop of which would be precious enough to buy the universe. That's what that word redemption means in verse 7. It's a buying, a purchasing. God has paid the blood of Jesus Christ to buy us, to win us. So we're not on our own anymore. We belong to him. We're his. He is ours. And as precious as that blood is, God was not stingy with it. He has lavished Jesus' blood on his church. He has lavished his forgiveness on us. Praise be to the God and Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Not least that he has lavished his forgiveness on us in Jesus. And then Paul goes on. Uh, He can hardly pause for breath. He keeps going. The sentence continues. uh, Verse uh, 9, verse 10. Uh, It's on the next slide, please, Jez. Thank you. Um, uh, We know God's plan. The blessings keep coming. We know God's plan. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. We'd all love at the moment to know a little bit more of what's coming. Local lockdown lands, and one of the pressures and the tensions and the exhaustions that we feel is not knowing for how long and if things are going to get better or worse. If we knew this was going to be for two weeks, you think, okay, I can manage two weeks, here's the plan. Here's if we knew it was going to be six months, you think, crumbs. But I guess it's better to know than not to know, and I'll make these plans, and you know, I'll have to change things around significantly. We'd love to know. Now, I can't answer that question for you tonight. But here's a bigger one. Where's the universe going What's the point of life? Where's meaning? Well, Paul tells us, God has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure. God has has a will, a good pleasure, a plan. It's called a mystery. That just means people didn't used to know it, but now we do. In Jesus, God has told us His plan for the universe. It's coming in the future. It's to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. Here's the end game. Here's what's going to happen. We know what's coming. It means we can plan. We don't need to waste our lives. We know what's coming. We can head in the right direction. And even better, it's good news. If something bad's coming, it's useful to know ahead of time so you can plan. But this plan is great. It is a plan to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. How we long for unity at the moment. All things will be brought together in Christ. That's God's plan and he's told us. I'm told uh, this word to bring things into unity, uh, reading the commentaries this week, uh, in the original language, uh, it's a word that means to recap, to sum up. So you're watching a TV program, and at the beginning, there's the 90 seconds where they tell you what's happened so far in the series. It's been a bit complicated. You've forgotten some of the things that are going on, and they sort of just sum up. Here's the key things. Here's here's the most important things you need to know to understand what's going on. One day, all of heaven and all of earth will be recapped, summed up in Jesus. Brought together, explained, made sense of. United, summed up in him. Imagine you had a friend who on Christmas Day 2019 had fallen asleep into a coma or something and they woke up on Christmas Day 2020. I've been out for a year. Uh, Anything happened? Uh, Imagine trying to recap uh, for them 2020. Imagine at the end of human history if someone had somehow managed to sleep through the whole of it and uh, they sort of woke up and said, what do I need to know? Uh, Sorry, I'm late. Uh, Anything happened? Uh, Paul says that God's plan is to sum everything up, to recap everything in Jesus. All that person needs to know is that God was at work to make Jesus his king and to unite all things in heaven and on earth together in him. That's it. There were some other details along the way. There were some viruses, there were some lockdowns, but really that's it. That's is what's happening in the universe, that's where we're headed. That's the plan. All things united in Jesus. And Jesus will so fill all things, and all things will be so brought together and united in Him that all you'll need to know is that God's been at work to make Him King. And that will make sense of everything. Of everything. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, not least that we know his plan. We know where the universe is going. We know that Jesus will reign and we will be brought together with everything on heaven and on earth brought together in him. Paul says, praise be to that God who has blessed us. And so, Jez, if you would, on our last slide, uh, those words again. uh, Having heard a little more of the reason we praise God, a little more of the blessings uh, that we have in him, uh, why don't we say this again together? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good, and that is his nature. Wow. And the masks make the wow harder uh, as well as cultural uh, setting for some of us. Uh, imagine one day being gathered at the throne of Jesus, all things united in him, all sin covered over with buckets of his blood. Wow. Should we pray together? God, our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you for your kindness to us, your blessing, your generosity. We thank you for including us in Christ and in him forgiving us and covering our sin and being so generous in that. We praise you for letting us in to the the cabinet room, the throne room, the council room, for telling us what's going on. And we ask that as we go from here and as we go into the weeks and as you remain good, please do grant that we would remember that, that Monday morning and Wednesday morning and Saturday morning and when we regather on Sunday evening would we be saying, praise be to you, our God and Father. Amen.